1: Hello. Um welcome to the ATP Weekly. Uh we are back. Uh we are back with a bang. We're going to talk about Rome. We're going to talk about what all the results of Rome mean in regards to Ron Garros. As you know, this is a series that has been going on for quite a while now and it's probably going to be um well up as long as the clay season is over uh, uh, is going maybe also uh, along with the grass season. Um I know you love it. Uh, Mario is my co-host. The the very usual team is here today uh mario how are you today and uh yeah just any maybe general thoughts to start with uh when it comes to rome on the atp side of course because that's what we're doing here by the way if you want to listen to anything about the wta uh nick is gonna have his uh, wta weekly show a bit later in the day
0: um no yeah i think that uh it would be right first of all uh today to start talking with uh, uh with the winner because yeah because uh, as soon as the clay season um, uh, began uh, yeah probably he he's not uh, the one usually you you talk the most about but um, yeah he's a winner in Rome first masters on clay and sixth mas- masters uh, in career which is a number which is growing uh, quite quite a bit because six masters is no joke um, and not only about Rome, because uh, this title means uh, also that he's having a fantastic season. Uh, after the disappointment in Australia, he, he's been he's had a, f- a fantastic consistency because uh, the three titles uh, back to back to back. When we were talking in February about um, Rotterdam, Doha, and Dubai, and, and then he. He backed up with a final in Indian Wells and then uh, the big title in Miami and a uh, uh, quarter-finalist in Monte Carlo. Fourth round in, in Madrid, not a fantastic result, but still two matches won. And, and now a title in Rome. He He's first in the race with um, almost a 1,000 points more than, than the second place. And... Um, and that means that he's having a very, very, very consistent season. In fact, uh, four months ago, he was world number 12. And now he's back uh, in the top two, uh, where he he also was less than uh, than nine months ago. Because in, in less than, ni- than min- nine months, he's been number one and then number 12. And now he's number two mm-hmm. in the world. And... Um, but, uh, but credit to him also because he hasn't had uh, um, an easy path to this title because beating uh, uh, Tsitsipas, Rune, but also Zverev in fourth round, which is uh, a former champion and also finalist a year later in this tournament. Uh, so he always had good results in this event, regardless of his current form. But also having to, to play uh, in the first two rounds, uh, Rusu Warrior and Zapata Miralles, is not very, very easy um so he he really had uh, um i think also not an easy path at all to um to the title and uh, uh he he's been pretty impressive also in the last two matches especially in the important moments uh, um playing uh, very very well with the forehand uh, um Yeah, uh, nothing to say. Uh, It's been a very, very important week for him also because, uh, you know, it's also been important, in my opinion, uh, for all the talks about his career because having also able to win a title and especially a big one uh, also on clay is, of course, uh, uh, a step forward to, to be able for us to tell that even if uh, we know that he's a player that has a clear favorite surface. He's able uh, to uh, to get uh, a big title, even in in uh, a not 100% comfort zone.
1: Yeah, um, and uh, you mentioned all these titles that he was getting earlier, you know, Miami title, uh, Indianapolis final, and of course the three consecutive ones. And I remember us thinking like, Okay, that's great for him, of course, but like how much momentum is he going to lose throughout the clay season? And will that impact him later on in theoretically the more important uh, moments of the year for him? So basically the US Open, the North American hardcore, hardcore swing, maybe Wimbledon, we'll see. And um, you know, looks like he's not gonna lose anything, right? <laughs> uh, basically, he's, uh, he's already uh, had 10 wins in three events on clay. Which of course is you know a pace that he was never really on on uh, on the dirt in his career you know besides the early days when he was playing on the ITF tour. Uh, clearly the the movement is getting like a lot more comfortable for him on clay because um, even even as uh, even though he's such an excellent defender in the past maybe he couldn't necessarily get some of the little details of of clay court movement like of course predominantly the slides. Uh, right Uh, he's getting there there's also been a lot of talk about the new strings that he got from technifiber and apparently they allow him to hit with some um, supreme weight of shot compared to what he was doing of course that um, is kind of visible also on the naked eye that uh, you know he's able to adjust his technique a little bit hit a bit more, more heavier from the forehand something that you really need to do on on clay in order to be relevant and uh, why most of these flat hitters generally tend to struggle. And, you know, for, for Medvedev, most of the years, it's been a struggle on clay at tour st- level, at least. And uh, yeah, th- this is just so important, of course, um, as you said, a thousand points ahead of anyone in the ATP race. Another really important ranking um, change here is that he also made... Um, that that he also made the top two just before the French Open, right? So he's he's yeah. guaranteed to avoid Alcaraz before the uh, final. He also yeah. has a fifty percent chance to avoid Djokovic before the the sem- well before the final. Then, um, and a fifty percent chance to be on his trial like on the on the path to meet him in the semis. So this is really huge because we've basically got a fifty percent chance that Djokovic and Alcaraz, the main two favorites won't be in medvedev's half and alcaraz certainly won't be in medvedev's half so yeah suddenly he just emerges as a as a contender for paris and it's not like he did not play well there in the past yeah maybe in in some yeah like in some individual matches right i mean he also had that loss to Chilich, of course where he was just unable to problem solve it all he also had that one to Tsitsipas, which wasn't competitive but still it's definitely so huge for him and um I actually remember just a couple of days ago uh, that uh, when we were in Bonn in January, we were talking about um, we were talking about like who is in our minds. I, I think it was with maybe Jack, and um, we were talking about uh, who is the most likely to finish in the top four in the year-end rankings. And I remember both of us saying Medvedev. Um, like was among them and i remember john was really laughing hard when he heard it Uh, (laughs) i'm not saying it's like a a premium prediction or something of course medvedev was in a really uh, tough spot back then and this is this is maybe something you, you mentioned that um he went from number one number 12 then to number one well in the race but you know not yet but very possible that he will be there soon and um this is something that usually maybe you get when someone is injured not necessarily just you know without a reason, seemingly, but uh, yeah, he's back, he's uh absolutely insane this year 39 and 5, yeah, which is uh, you know, just, yeah, talking yeah.
0: about his previous season, yeah. uh, in terms of number of wins, I checked and the best one uh, till Rome was 25 in, uh, in the 2019 mm-hmm. uh, when he had uh, good runs in Monte Carlo and Barcelona, he ended uh, the Rome Masters with the 25 wins and it was the best one in uh, talking about that uh, so far and uh, this year he has 13 uh, more wins also because he needed a bit of confidence and so he played the um, those events back to back in uh, in february in uh, but also he would have had probably um, the previous years, he had uh, those wins in the Australian Open, usually. Well, this year hasn't been the case. So, yeah, it's pretty impressive also because he he played very well in uh, on hardcourt in uh, in Middle Asia. Uh, he played well in North America, in California, in Indian Wells and Miami. And then he brought his form in, in Roman Clay. So it's been, yeah, so far, uh, I mean, uh, Except for that Australian Open uh, with the, that disappointment, uh, even if we can also talk about that, probably avoiding Corda, uh, which was one of the best seven, eight players in that moment uh, regarding the form. Probably a quarterfinal, he could have even uh, done it, uh, even without uh, the, today's confidence. So, um, Yes, so far he had uh, fantastic results. It can happen in one Grand Slam to to not play well. So I I have really nothing bad to say about his season. He's number one in the race, so I don't think that um, we can <laughs> we can make some kind of of negative comment so far about this twenty twenty three.
1: Yeah, one of the biggest fans of talking tennis, usually in the chat here, is Matthew, who a couple of days ago asked us this question: like, if uh, it was, I think, if Medvedev beats Tsitsipas, is he a top four favorite for the French? Uh, of course, since then, plenty of things have happened. Like Medvedev beat Tsitsipas, but not only that, he also won Rome and beat Runa in the final. So uh, my question to you now, right, Mario? Uh, right now, Mario is like. Uh, where do you, where exactly does Medvedev stand in that sort of pantheon of uh, French Open favorites? Is he, you know, the the third one behind Alcaraz and Djokovic? There's definitely there are definitely people who would say that. Is he still, you know, pretty much distantly behind guys like Rune and Tsitsipas? Uh, where do you where do you see him right now?
0: Yeah, uh, more than a ranking, I prefer like doing uh, some first tier and second tier. Okay. Uh, yeah because for me it's it's just sometimes too difficult to say third fourth place because at some point for me it becomes like a, a really slight difference um yeah what to say and um, of course i think that he's not in I mean, I, I think that he's not in the very, very top tier, which is uh, only the one of uh, Alcaraz and, and Djokovic for different reasons. Uh, but, uh, of course, I still have um, both um, both of them and only them in, in the very top tier uh, for Roland Garros. But the if the mat that we saw show uh, shows up in in the french open and, and of course it will it will depend on uh, on the draw but also considering that he he has gained that number 2 seed uh, for me i remember that i was uh, i was a bit skeptical when uh, when you told me because i i was in that moment when there uh, there was that mm-hmm. question yeah yeah um but these two mm-hmm. wins uh, were uh I thought that he could have won these two matches in Rome but these two wins have uh show me still show me something that probably I I wasn't really really expecting and so at this point I would say why not to to put in that second tier uh with um with guys like uh, uh like Rune and uh and city pass because for example um, talking about a physical point of view um, Medvedev seem uh, seems a bit readier than than Rune from that point of view uh, in my opinion in a grand slam best of 5 um, even for what we have seen in this uh, clay event when uh, he he's been always um, a little bit struggling in the later rounds uh, uh also in Munich when he, when he won against Van der Zandschulper uh so probably where the um, probably the technical point of view and the adaptability of his tennis uh, we um would make me prefer Rune's chances but there are also physical reasons that uh, probably give uh, give Daniil uh, uh, a little bit of an edge and so probably it's basically basically the same at this point i um, i don't know but i would say that uh, probably uh, um given given what I, I saw i can put him in the second tier among uh, uh, those guys uh, and with those guys i i meaning Tsitsipas and rune i think um because for for what i see in the clay season would be a surprise for me if uh, yeah, I mean the draw can open up at at this point uh, for for someone, but um, I I still say that these five are the guys I I I trust the most for for the French Open.
1: Yeah, um, I mean for everyone, it's going to be the dot five right now. I mean it yeah, is yeah. just super clear, right? But what we saw. How do you place them? That's that's a completely different thing. I I mean, of course, I have Alcaraz and Djokovic with a d- distant edge over everyone else. I actually have Alcaraz with an edge over Djokovic as well, but uh, that's um, that's I guess something else. But um, when it comes to Medvedev, Rune, yeah, th- they do have their concerns. Rune, it's it's clearly more the fitness rather than anything else. You're right that I mean, even this clay season, which has been excellent for him. But he's had so many tight matches. He's had so many moments when he was struggling. Even some of these, you know, he won. He, Van de Bob League in Madrid. Uh, there he wasn't struggling physically, but still it was a tight match that, uh, you know, you 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 turn some of these around. Uh, some of these may be, um, become losses and then we're not talking about such a great clay season. So definitely um, there's a big edge between Alcaraz Djokovic and the other guys for me in terms of how certain I am that they're going to reach some a deep stage of the event uh you know Rune, Medvedev, Tsitsipas they can all bomb out in the second round and it's not like no one would would bat an eye or something but certainly it wouldn't be like extremely shocking if they run into some tough opponents so um definitely they have to be like in the second tier I am absolutely fine in putting Medved, uh, with putting Medvedev, Rune, and Tsitsipas in the same tier right now. Although there is like a bit of a hot take in me that I've uh, that I've discovered a couple of days ago that yeah. I kind of cannot see. We we can actually move on to this player. It's not the finalist, but let's move on to this guy, Stefanos Tsitsipas. I kind of cannot see him winning this event. I same, have honestly. I am I am really struggling with this because Rune. Yeah, Yeah, Runa, if he gets to the semis, finals, I can totally see him winning the the whole thing. Medvedev just as well. But Tsitsipas, and especially after Rome, I think it was so crucial for him to get that win over Medvedev. uh, Both from like a confidence perspective, but also, um, yeah, maybe to just prove again that he is able to push through guys like this. You know, Medvedev on clay, I know he's better, but Tsitsipas... uh, it, it was always like. Ron Garros was his best chance at a slam. That was where he led Djokovic, of course, in the final. Um, his ATP thousand events came, uh, titles came on clay. That's that that this is supposed to be his chance. And yet, if I think about him potentially playing, I don't know, Medvedev or Rune in the semis, and then let's say Alcaraz or Djokovic in the final. Um, who who cares what the what the draw will look like? And um, I mean, who, who cares? Who knows what the draw will look like? and uh let's say let's say that's the reality i just cannot see him beating both guys i
0: to be honest i agree with you um we um i was uh yeah you know something i think that he he's in in the talk because of uh, of his because he on clay, he's always had uh, some deep runs here and there. He's been at least a finalist, I think, in all the important clay events. Because Madrid, Rome, yeah, uh, he's been in the finals of of this event. But yeah, you're right. Uh, um, I I have some some kind of of doubts, especially this year, but. Uh, um, I think that, for example, in a in a very very big match, uh, Medvedev is um, more able to uh, to perform uh, in uh, in an important way in in the important moments, and also in that match. Um, I mean, on clay, for his Characteristics Tzipas uh, for his weapons and Tzipas should be um, probably better than than Medvedev. But then uh, when they play each other, the story can be different because Medvedev uh, sh- uh, uh, has shown in Rome that he's able to uh, to also to bring something else to the table. At least in this period, in in his form, um, to to bring some new new things to the match and to yeah to do some some important damage to to tc pass game also because tc pass performance has been in my opinion underwhelming in the semi-final i was expecting much more um i don't know if i was expecting much more but uh i mean i know that he can he can do better than this um And uh, yeah, he he's not coming in uh, at the French Open uh, with a super, super high confidence. As I told you, uh, uh, I don't remember if last week or uh, in the other live, I thought that this event uh, would have been very, very important for him. And I don't think that he he got what he needed, um, to be honest.
1: Yeah, I think he kind of played like a guy for whom this event is really important, and that's not a good thing. Like he he played like a guy who is feeling it, who who is feeling the pressure of knowing that he has to do well in this event, and um and yeah, I mean it feels weird to say this about a guy who uh, just reached the Australian Open finals, but I am certainly starting to think like maybe Sipas's time has sort of passed already like um him winning a slam was always a possibility at run Garros. it felt like it definitely was among the top contenders in 2021 2022 um well before of course losing to to runa in 2022 yeah. but with the with the sort of yeah, draw yeah. that he had everyone was ha- everyone had him in the final again yeah of course also i think um uh, he
0: was also last year in the Rome final, and it was a, a, yeah. a little bit different to be in the Rome final and, and lose against uh, a guy who, like Djokovic, with a record in Rome. It's, it's fine, in my opinion. Yeah, this and game, he,
1: um, mm-hmm.
0: no, yes, uh, I was saying then, and also he had um, a more consistent play season because he was in the fight, uh, he, he won, he Monte won, Carlo. Monte Carlo, yeah. he was in the semis in Madrid. He he was uh, um, uh, he lost okay to to Alcaraz in the quarters in Barcelona, but still he had a pretty consistent clay season. This year, this hasn't really been the case because um, the loss uh, with Fritz in Monte Carlo was very disappointing. Um, yeah, I mean Struff okay reached the final in Madrid, but still for being Titi Pass, this has been an underwhelming clay season. And yeah, probably he's in the time in which he needs to to think about some changes, just like Medvedev did. I, I, I'm not talking about the strings and the shoes, and uh, but uh, as well as Medvedev uh, at some point of his career uh, understood that he, he was in the need of some changes, probably Tsitsipas uh, has to, to, to try to think that.
1: We took it all. We brought them to our land. <laughs> yeah, I kind of doubt his ability to keep up with like the Rune Alcada senior generation, frankly. Uh, which is why I, I kind of tend to think that maybe 2022 was his, um, you know, was was his best chance. Uh, he had a perfect draw there with all the guys like Alcada, Zverev, Nadal, Djokovic, all of them in the top half. Him just sitting in the bottom. <laughs> um, him just sitting in the bottom. Uh, with Rude, with uh, Rublev, Chillage, uh, it seemed like a phenomenal opportunity. Um, and uh, yeah, right now it just feels like guys like Alcaraz, Sinner, Runa, they, they can as- just escape him very quickly. And um, it could be worrisome. Of course, the guy just, as I said, the guy finished runner up at the last slam. So you cannot really be overly critical yet. Yeah, um, John was also asking the chat, doesn't Sinner get in that second tier? So, nah. According
0: to me, not on play.
1: Yeah, I I would.
0: If it was the U.S. Open, for me, we could have argued about that. Uh, I am
1: the, I am the, you know, I I am the guy who always underestimates him, right? Uh, I still think that. I I don't think
0: that he's. um, But uh, I mean, uh, if, for example, Indian Wells and Miami, and then, for example, the U.S. Open, I can tell you, yes, he's in that second
1: tier. But, yeah. uh, but in if my opinion, it was opinion, like happening directly after, sure. But
0: yeah. in, in my opinion, uh, Clay is the surface. Uh, he, he had some some good results uh, so far in his career, even if not exceptional ones. Um, still beat, for example, once Alcaraz on Clay, even if it would, wasn't a big event. But I think that his tennis on Clay um, loses a, a little bit of his. Um, uh, I, I I don't really know the word, but I'm sure you have underst- under- understood me. I can help me. Yeah. Um, loses a bit of his fire. Okay. We get
1: what you mean. We get what you mean, yeah. Explosiveness, I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. That's Something what like I that, was yeah. Meaning. Um, yeah, I, I totally get that. I, I would also say that, um, that on clay, he's not among that second tier. In fact, I think he's very uh distant right now from these guys. Uh, on uh, just for Rangaro's chances, yeah, it could be very different when we reach another big event.
0: Mm-hmm. But if I can, uh, I still think that, uh, he's um, even if he, he's not in that second tier, in my opinion. He's one of the guys that, if the draws opens up, uh, I am quite confident that then he's able to, uh, at least to, to win the winnable matches. Uh, yeah, I know that probably he's lost to Serundolo in Rome.
1: I guess um, that's what Sean just said in the chat. Yeah, yeah right? I, I read his yeah. message and I think yeah. that,
0: yeah, uh, in those kind of matches, he's pretty consistent. So if somehow the draws, like, for example, last year was... Um, he could have, uh, may he he, could, he can make something something good. But uh, I think that he's he needs uh, some something good about about the draw. And in my opinion, uh, as for the side of the draw, for him is better the Alcaraz side side than the Djokovic one. <laughs> I don't know, but
1: provided provided Jokovich. in terms of the matchup,
0: I probably. Uh, also the Medvedev's one probably it's nightmare oh, for him. Yeah. I don't know if on clay oh, yeah. if on clay can, can change something but uh, given that Medvedev he's doing well on clay probably he needs to avoid him <laughs> especially in the yeah. quarter final.
1: Um I guess we kind of touched on Holger Rune already uh, but we should probably mm. talk about him a bit more as well. He beat Djokovic rude Uh, Was a slight favorite ahead of the final with Medvedev, did not beat him like he did in Monte Carlo, which um, maybe kind of just poses the question again of how this match in uh, Monaco or in France next to Monaco would have looked uh, if Medvedev wasn't coming off that thriller against Zverev. Uh, but still, certainly, uh, just just yet another great clay clay result this year that um, really uh, makes us certain that he is in contention for that title, right? And just compared to someone like um, Tsitsipas, uh, I do trust that if he gets to the biggest stages, he will actually have his chances against these guys. Um, and um, of course, right now, after after that final, he is at number. Uh, six in the atp rankings which does not really change anything uh he is still um 25 yeah. percent he has a 25 percent chance to have alcaraz medvedev djokovic or root in his quarter
0: um yeah uh i mean we we should also mention that uh even if we have the the comparison uh with with alcaraz uh His results are great for for his age. So losing these two finals, it's not that I'm uh, drawing conclusions uh, or something like that. So um, I think that he, uh, for now, we can talk uh, that it's been another consistent, very consistent result uh, in Rome, Uh, a tournament in which he, he never played before so finally we could say that the two finalists were at zero wins in rome before <laughs> before this year um but no talking seriously yeah i think that uh he it's been a good result and i think that he he is a guy who has some some kind of uh, of chance of course uh, because i mean if not him who who can have some sort of chance. I mean, uh, uh, if if we yeah. want to open uh, to to open the speech about five six guys, he's definitely one of them. So mm, no. Yeah, when John John uh, said
1: something in the in the chat earlier about like 30 35% each for Alcaraz Djokovic in the field, when I think of this 30% for the field, I'm mostly thinking of Rune and Medvedev right now. So, um I think anyone honestly outside of these four would already be like a pre massive upset and I mean you're you're you're, per- you're perfectly right that Rune is a freak of nature himself as well and like comparing him to Alcaraz is um natural because they are from the same birth age they that they of course have come um their the rise the rises have been incredibly rapid uh but you know it's not like he isn't a freak either um anyway there was also Casper Rude in the semifinals was that in any way a surprise to you what do you think this run means for Casper ahead of Ron Garros where of course he's defending the runner up points and I think uh, he's also playing next week isn't he?
0: Yeah he is playing next week. I
1: mean this week already but yeah yeah so this Leonor, week, right. um, Gen- oh, he's uh, he's in Geneva right he's in Geneva he's yeah Geneva,
0: uh, Geneva. yeah no uh, I mean good 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 tournament for him mm, he he beat some consistent uh consistent players to reach that semi finals because uh it's clearly an improvement because back to back to back wins against uh, um um, the guy he he beat probably it wouldn't have happened some some weeks ago, uh, or it hasn't happened uh, uh, before Rome in this clay season. So uh, it's been, uh, in my opinion, a, ve- a very a very good two weeks. Uh, he played a fantastic first part of the match against against Rune because his tennis were um, were very okay, and then something happened in the end, but. In terms of the signs I would have liked to see, um, I saw what I wanted to see. Um, in terms of uh, some clear improvements compared to, to the first part of the clay season, at least considering the, the main event. I mean, he won Sorry, but considering Monte Carlo and Madrid, this has been a total other story. Uh, for him, so I I'm kind of okay with the fact that I I saw what I I wanted to to see from him.
1: Um, yeah, uh, and I think uh, it's very easy to say that he just had a bit of a cakewalk to the semis because he did, especially compared to all the other semifinalists, where Rune you know has to play Djokovic and Medvedev maybe has to has Hanfman, but still Zverev, Zapata at earlier. And um, of course, uh, Tsitsipas. May- oh, maybe Tsitsipas was kind of comparable with um, with the fact that he also didn't really have to struggle with anyone along the way. But um, yeah, in the in the semis, I think Ruth for like a set and a half was really excellent, and this was probably his one of his best matches in a while. Uh, so heavy on the forehand as he usually is, but uh, just really making uh, you know m- m- being able to stay on top of the rallies against Rune, which is not that easy to do. And um, honestly, I mean, 7-6, six, six, up, he very easily could have been in the final here, uh, which um, from his perspective, of course, it, it isn't great that he got there, that he didn't get there eventually, but uh, certainly it's a step forward. It is a pretty massive step forward. Uh, he just sort of made Rune have to go for broke in that second set. And when it worked for the Dane, uh, his level just disappeared in the third. Um, As we all know, I mean, defending that final at the French will be so tough. He is a bit fortunate to be uh, the number four seed, because if Tsitsipas beat Medvedev, he wouldn't be. And that at least gives him the um, ability to avoid Alcaraz Djokovic until the semis. So maybe... um, you know, well, actually, he can't play. He, he, Djokovic won't even be in his half, right? So it, it does give him the chance to. Yeah, um, Djokovic is avoided
0: until the final, in case. Yeah,
1: and Alcaraz or Medvedev before the semis. So maybe something like in Rome happens. You know, maybe he gets a little bit of a smoother draw compared to the other guys, and maybe he's able to to get into the semi. But again, if he really, if he gets there, winning the title seems a little out of his reach but certainly a step forward after what's been a a bit of a disastrous run so far in 2023 and i think he was also in the semis in rome last year right um, and then of course he had like a perfect draw at the french
0: the the last three the last three times he played in rome he's been in the semis
1: oh yeah because he did not play in um 2021 right it's time for today's
0: lucky land horoscope with victoria cash
1: Other guys we need to mention. Obviously, Novak Djokovic, his first event since um, Belgrade. Well, Banja Luka, sorry. I keep saying Belgrade, even though they moved this year. And, um, well, he won three matches. He beat Echeverry, Dimitrov, Nori, and then lost to Holger Runa in the quarters. Um, Yeah, what did you think of his performance? And uh, where does it put him ahead of Paris as well?
0: Mm. I mean... uh Still, uh, still beating um, this the three guys he he beat uh, means that under a certain level you you aren't under a certain level. So um, it, it's kind of okay considering the Monte Carlo and banyaluca uh, concerts um, against Rune. Uh, he he didn't play a good match to be honest, but. Um, uh, still in some parts of the match um he he kind of showed that he something was uh, starting uh, working a bit better and the best of 5 uh, we know that he's totally another thing uh, he also won the last two two slams in which he he was in um so uh, yeah, I don't know how much it can mean um, about the French Open uh, because because we are used to watch these guys uh, suddenly picking in slams. Uh, so since I'm not watching him not going well I- in the slam, I'm still uh, having him uh, uh, in... Yeah, probably Roland Garros has always been... Uh, a bit of a struggle for him, but in the later rounds, I think because he's also been pretty, pretty consistent in the first rounds in, in the events. Um, in fact, I think that he's the slam in which he has most quarterfinals. Um, yeah, uh, I I still think that he's uh, for for what we we know um, he's capable to do. Um, in grand slams, um, I think that he is, of course, the among the top two favorites. Probably in at the second place because we we already watched Alcaraz having strong results uh, on clay this year, and so probably this makes uh, the biggest difference between the two. But um, I'm I'm still sure that if he gets to the quarters it means that he's okay to, to have his chances to, to win the title.
1: Yeah, um, I don't think this was like a poor event for Djokovic, uh, but it definitely wasn't what he was hoping for. But still getting four matches in is a, is a plus. Um, honestly, going out to Runa in the quarters is more or less what I expected. Um, but yeah, I, I just maybe thought that he would play a better match in the in that quarterfinal and then you know lose or maybe win in a in a thriller or something. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's not about sign ahead of Ron Garros. It's not quite enough for sure to put him for me at least to put him over Alcaraz. Uh, but it's okay ish, you know, it's it's it's, it's just okay. So that you keep him more or less in the, in the same level as Alcaraz in that first tier that we were mentioning, and not um, you know he's definitely not close to falling out of that first tier of contenders, um, and uh, that run in Rome is a big part of that because well it proved that he probably will be ready for Rangaros Garros. Um, in this you know it, how ready will he be? Um, that's something we will find out but provided he avoids some nightmare draws in the first two, two three rounds um definitely he can also ease his way in into the event and uh should be uh should be fine probably uh in the long run um we should also probably talk about Yannick Hanfmann right um he made the quarterfinals as a as a qualifier uh, his fourth run already this year as a qualifier his uh, qualifying record is actually not as perfect as in Lennart Struf's because he Uh, has already played i think 10 atp tour events uh, this year um uh, for starting from the qualifying draw and made it six times but still the the consistency of how deep he goes in these like santiago um he was a qualifier there and he made the quarters houston he made the semis from the qualifying then of course madrid he made the third round from the qualifying and the biggest one of them here rome quarterfinals from the qualifying and two top 10 wins along the way which really is a, is an insane feat, and um, at the age of 31, he is currently like about 35th in the live ATP race. Um, absolutely set to like smash his career high ranking. Um, previously he he hadn't even come close. He hadn't even come close to that. Of course, his real like official ATP ranking is not 35ish right now, but he is 64th actually. But you mm-hmm. know that that kind of gives you the idea of how good his results have been and what he can still achieve this year if he keeps this up.
0: Um, yeah, I, I only need you to remember me if he's in the Qualis draw. Qualis, Qualis, yeah, second yeah, yeah, seed in he's the, the Qualis. second yeah. seed, Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I I I watched well the draw. Yeah. Um, no, of course. Uh, credit credit to him first of all because reaching the Masters quarter final uh with four wins in the main draw because it's not uh like uh i mean rome 2022 2021 in the previous editions so four wins only talking about the main draw to get there especially two um top 10 wins and especially the one uh above above rublev because yeah in rome rublev never performed really really well but having won uh, the monte carlo title and beating him is uh, of course important for him and um yeah it's showing uh, i mean on clay um i think that uh, we always knew that he 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 was able to play some some very good tennis i remember him uh doing uh doing nice things here and there uh, on clay having some some good matches and uh, yeah, the wrong path also was uh, was very difficult. So uh, super credit to him to having reached the quarters. Um, yeah, then against uh, Medvedev, he he hasn't really been able to to repeat uh, what he was um, he was doing in in the previous rounds. But uh, first of all, he. Uh, of course not easy after all the tight matches uh, because also against Chakinat the match was uh, pretty tight uh, and uh the Rublev one also was very very intense and also watching what Medvedev did also in the semis and in the final even score um makes some some kind of sense. Um, so yeah, I'm uh, I'm very interesting to to watching and to to watching first in in the Roland Garros Qualis because uh, we have this uh yeah I don't want to yeah giving the fact that the entry list was closed a, a little bit along we have some players that shouldn't really been in in the quality draw like Hanfman or Osorio talking about the girls um, but this is what it is, and uh, sometimes we, we also have seen some surprises. Um, for example, thinking about Noskova in, in the Australian Open, uh, that yeah, Noskova
1: she, and Parks, right? Bo- both, yeah, of them were like 60 ish in the rankings, and um, yeah, yeah, yeah both, especially both
0: Noskova because she she had the great run in, in Adelaide the basically the week before, and then she went out in the quality, so it's not uh it's not given that you are going to to bring the form into um, into the slam into the slam qualities which are uh we know well very very uh, a big test uh to pass um so i'm very very interesting to see and uh, of course having this new um this ranking uh, uh which is higher than before will uh, uh, avoid him to play qualities in some events and which is going to make some difference in also in talking about physically uh, when uh, when you're going to uh, to the later round because th- talking about the quarters against Medvedev he was the, he he wasn't he, he was the underdog and uh, he probably and most definitely lost that match anyway but he he had three more matches played um that matter having played the qualies and then the first round which sits avoiding in master's events so it it, it can make uh, a and i think it makes uh, a difference in the end so it's of course al- always important to to have uh, some a higher ranking and uh, uh and yeah clay is uh I mean, it's it's not ending because uh, sixty four he will play probably also some and then clay uh, is back on the ATP tour after Wimbledon also uh, so um, let's see also I
1: uh,
0: I have to be honest that I don't really remember um, about grass his uh, his history on grass uh, yeah he
1: he basically never done much he's never done much yeah, on Harder grass which. Kinda doesn't make sense with his game, but I don't know. Maybe it's because we should should
0: see this year because definitely with that ranking he should. uh, uh, I mean, he will he will be in the Wimbledon uh, uh, main list, uh, and he will be also, I think, at least in qualis or uh, of some if he wants to, uh, or some events. I don't know.
1: Yeah, he's never really done much outside of clay, which uh, is kind of weird, but of course, as you said, there's that post-Wimbledon clay swing where he's always been amazing, Um, reached the finals in Kiesbiel and Gstaad, so yeah, just maintain that form and some good things will definitely come there on uh, altitude clay. Anyway, um, maybe uh, let's... um, well, when did we meet last time? Uh, is my question. Did we already talk about Maroshan beating Alcaraz? I don't think so, right? So no, because the... you were talking about how uh, a threat he could have been. Ah, okay. That, so okay, so that's when we met. So like a day before. Um, so yeah, let we have to talk about this. Um, like um, the the Marocan over Alcaraz upset. Um, what did you think of it? And also, uh, does that change uh, your perception of Alcaraz ahead of the French in any way?
0: No. Um no no no. Um I I I'm not the mm, the kind of of guy which uh, which sees one loss and uh, and thinks about the disaster. Um
1: mm-hmm. I
0: mean it's it's a match that uh, uh, especially in uh, in math terms talking about the ranking of the players is going to to be in in the statistics history. Um, but uh, I don't think that it's it's a disaster. He uh, also Marochan played a, a very very good match, and, and this must be said because he, he, it's not always that you lost the match. You lost, and the other guy played a, a fantastic match, and it's also nice to talk about him and and what he did to to put you into a difficult situation of course coming to to the madrid title can also in some have some kind of impact because of the change of the conditions and the first match wasn't so um wasn't a very big test for him to to use that to adapt maybe very well to to the new rome conditions but uh, marochan played uh, played a very good match has entertained i think everyone who has watched uh, him in the tournament and uh, uh, and so talking about alcaraz in my opinion i i'm not taking anything uh, from from this especially maybe we can talk uh, about some tactical things that happened in the match and uh, but talking about uh, the big picture in my opinion it's uh, it's the same as before rome mm, this is my opinion um, and of course great job to to marochan who has also already won his first round uh, of qualifying in paris um, and so i mean for 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 what we we saw in rome i would have i i, I would like to to have
1: him also in uh, in the roland garros main draw yeah, he's got an absolute cakewalk in the Rangeros quality draw, but the the problem is that he had an MTO today against Litu and was like really struggling towards the end. So um, yeah, we'll see about that how how that goes. Um, that that's probably going to be more important than actual like like his actual level because even if he's such an uh, inconsistent player, he could really like play at a at a fifty percent and qualify I think here, uh, but. um yeah, it also doesn't change anything for me. Uh, we were talking about like Alcaraz being fine with an early loss in Rome. We didn't really see an opponent who could do it in the Rome draw. But that was, of course, because Marochan sort of came in later as a qualifier at at the beginning we didn't see we didn't have him in the draw. And also um you know Maroshan was not guaranteed to beat Mutel guy you know, in his main draw debut. So it wasn't like he was an immediate threat to Alcaraz. Someone a couple of days ago actually asked me like um what did Maroshan do to trouble Alcaraz and like what what did he change in his usual tactics? And I mean, the answer is pretty much none, nothing, right? I mean, it just so happens that what Marosian wants to do on the court matches up pretty well against Carlos. And of course, on the day, he was just absurd. Um, it's not like he plays 50 drop shots and makes 48, per- 48 of them every single day. And it's not like he is able to maintain uh, this consistency of of the uh, early ball striking every single day. On this particular day, on in this particular match, he was able to do that. Um and yeah, for, for me it doesn't change anything, but there is that little maybe concern of Alcaraz playing, yeah, guys like that who really rush him. So Strufov, Rusevori, Maroshan, uh, they're all fairly similar. Of course, they all um, like have some very distinct traits, and uh, you wouldn't really get these drop shots from Struf or Rusevori. You wouldn't get the servant volleying of Struf against Rus- uh, with Rusevori or Maroshan. You're not gonna get this sort of power baselining style from. Maroshan and um, Struv like you get from Rusevori but the, this, the basis on how they tried to tackle Alcaraz is more or less the same and it is a bit of a concern, uh, definitely what, what is concerning is how the Spaniard was reacting to it, like his response was mostly to play their game, there's this, this one point that encapsulates this perfectly I think when in the tiebreaker the second set tiebreaker against Marosan um, Alcaraz was 4 free up uh, hit a good serve, and then just proceeds to go for a drop shot that he nets, and you know the whole um, the the whole point. I'm just like sitting there and screaming, "Why on earth would you do that?" It's um, it's it, it's basically a bit senseless. You don't need to end a point in, on the first strike against a guy like against a guy like that. If you're gonna be um, ahead in the point, you're still most um, very likely to win it. Of course, it's easy to say that, and then I don't know. At five all in the second set with uh, Maroshan and Alcaraz, there was this point when Alcaraz played it perfectly, and then suddenly a huge backhand down the line counter. Uh, comes back. Um the, the shot was basically non-existent for Maroshan up until that point of the match. And yet suddenly uh he finds it and like the whole point which Alcaraz played out perfectly is you know ghost he still loses it. So it's easy to say that but definitely that sort of uh there are some characteristics traits that um are a lot more dangerous to Alcaraz. Now, does that matter for the French? I wouldn't really say so, because over the course of the best of five format, it's going to be a lot tougher to do it. Maintaining that consistency and redlining your game over three sets, at least, uh, it's just going to be much tougher than it is in an event like this. Of course, there's also the matter of maybe some physical and mental fatigue for Alcaraz, which definitely would make you like be less smart about what you're doing on the court. So... If he won Barcelona Madrid, it doesn't matter. If he loses to Rusu-Vuori in Madrid and then he loses to Maroshan in Rome, that's yeah, an issue. Yes. But you know of that's course. not what happened. So it was very close to this. But you know maybe if he uh, maybe if he loses early in Madrid, then he is uh, more ready for Rome. So you know it, it, there, there's other factors yes, here. But yeah, it also doesn't change anything for me. Um, Maroshan or a player like Maroshan. Probably isn't going to beat um, Alcaraz at Roland Garros, and definitely yeah, is going to have a smaller chance than in Rome.
0: It's also the mm-hmm. reason why you you struggle. The same speech we are making it for for Djokovic when you're to, when you um, we are saying that beating in best of five it's definitely more difficult than doing it in best of three. But even in the quarters against Rune, we saw that as soon as Rune dropped his level just a little bit. And Djokovic was in some way still able, able to, to get in the match and he, he took the second set. So it's um, it's what happens in, in best of five matches. To beat these guys, of course, it's more difficult because Maroshan has to play another set like that. And uh, he, we know that it's, it's not easy at all. Uh, that's also why we have some... Uh, Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Yeah, um absolutely. Uh, Sean was also asking, "What do you think Rublev has improved this year?" I mean, frankly, not much. Like the stars kind of aligned for this title, but is he really a better player than 2022, 2021? I don't think so. In my so.
0: opinion, in my opinion, uh, um, a bit more mature. Uh, i mean yeah
1: in like some mental composure type of things yeah sure this
0: uh this is still something that uh uh, has made uh, a little bit of a difference this year to make his results improve a little bit and also making one to... result
1: improve right because like the rest has been just like yeah usual. yeah I mean uh... it's, it's one result it's one result basically yeah yeah but we, it, it
0: we... makes it makes some difference uh, of course in my opinion because his step was that one uh, to to be able to to use his chances to to win uh, uh, a big title and he did also in uh, uh, in a quite uh, 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 I don't know. He was down in that third set, and uh, he—I mean—that's the thing that I think he has improved uh, the most: uh, the, some mental composure on court, and uh, uh, he seems more mature to 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 perform better, uh, even when things are not really. Um, Going as uh, as he wants, at least in some in some kind of matches. Uh, after that, uh, I I kind of agree with you that um, more or less he, he is the same player. But um, if he has to play a uh, Roland Garros quarterfinal this year, I mean it depends on the opponent. But probably I don't know if he wins that super tiebreak against Chilic. But at least mentally, probably for what we saw recently, is going to do just a little bit better than he did in 2022, maybe. Mm, but let's see.
1: Um, yeah, and is there is there anyone else in the Rome draw that you want to mention? Uh, um,
0: well, let me think. We, we had a, a, a pretty more regular tournament in terms of the players who got into the... The later stages, yeah. uh, comparing to Madrid, uh, sure.
1: The unique conditions in Madrid will do that to you, right? And in Rome, it's more, yeah, yeah, usually more of a usual thing. Monte yeah.
0: Carlo, it's because he, he, it comes uh, early, right after. So, yes, so yes. Oh, usually yes. some players are not ready, and Madrid, the condition can make the difference. Rome is usually, uh, I mean. Uh, but it, it's also been a very close uh, event in terms of who won it, because 16 out of the last 18 were won by by Djokovic and Nadal. So also for Medvedev, this is also. Um, I mean, this this year was easy that this thing would have happened, but still making his name into that uh, golden list is uh, is pretty pretty huge. Mm, I think that Medvedev is, of course, the biggest story of. Uh, of this event, uh, considering uh, everything we we saw uh, and we we said about him and Clay, and we saw in the last years, and so uh, it's been uh, nice to to watch this this story in this event, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I wanna maybe just talk? I mean, usually we just focus on the on the recaps here, but maybe we could just talk for like two minutes about um, Geneva and Lyon, and like what are we expecting there? Um, Don't know where you want to start from. Um, Which one of them, maybe which one of them is more attractive to you this week, more appealing?
0: Mm, Yeah, I mean, in terms of... uh, mm, It can be, for example, uh, I don't know, interesting how Oger Aliasim can perform, given that we are not really watching him... A lot recently, so he he's a, a a good name that we can we can watch a little bit uh, to to understand uh, how his form, if his form is kind of improved at least a little bit, and uh, comparing to the last event, and uh, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, there's uh, Zverev in Geneva. I saw. Uh, he, a, a, a good run for him can be important, even he, even if in a two and f- two fifth event. Given the fact that he hasn't made uh, one in uh, in a long time, so I think that he, um, he it's an opportunity for him to to gain uh, some some confidence and some wins if he's able to to improve his level also, because we we don't have to uh, to forget that he's defending the semi in Paris, uh, which were wo- um, which is not going to be easy at all. And is pretty much a lot of his ranking uh, um, depends from from that semi, uh, because after that one last year, he, he hasn't played anymore. So if he wants to avoid the big um, a big drop he needs to to have a nice result uh pff, yeah uh i don't know i i don't find particularly attractive the events played just before the slam usually but there are some some kind of things to to watch of course
1: uh let's see um. Yeah. Um. I honestly have not looked at the show that, The draws that much. But yeah, Casper is playing Geneva. Kind of weird after the Rome semi. I don't know if he if he really needs it. But uh, of course he is among the main favorites to to get there. Um. Jari, if he plays him in the quarters, that could be rough. I think Jari had a run in Geneva already. Right? Like a couple of years ago, he was in the final maybe or won it. Um. Uh, to I. Oh, I mean, Rude, Yeah, was Rude. in the final um hmm?
0: yeah yeah okay no uh, yeah because um yeah talking about the title rudy's two two time uh he won the last two editions right no uh, no i was
1: talking about jerry because he's playing in the quarters he's playing him in the quarters and jerry yeah, had Jari a final
0: well in uh, yeah did well in yeah he Geneva, had a
1: final so. in 2019 and um of course um uh, pretty fast clay conditions so i don't know if it's really the perfect warm-up Lyon is also not the perfect warm-up, I think, conditions wise for Ron Garros. But that's also why a lot of players who are seriously thinking of like clinching the title aren't really gonna play it. Of course, uh in the qualifying draws, there's like a big mess usually for the for these event for this event because uh, these events, because um all the guys ranked between 100 and 230 are in Rod Garros qualifying. Yeah. So that's pretty insane, usually too. Uh, Yeah, and just looking at the draw, like, if Jari cannot beat Root, then then Root has a very nice one, um, nice opportunity here. Of course, you mentioned Zverev, uh, probably a much bigger event for him than it was in the past, because usually he just had so much more momentum going into Garros. Of course, soon enough, these uh, moments when he, um, like, in the second half of the year, he's not defending anything. So ranking-wise, his situation is going to improve but currently as things stand let uh, as things stand let's imagine he loses in the opening round at Roland Garros and he would be down to about 70 ish uh in the ATP rankings so yes. a very a very big hit for sure and uh yeah Lyon I guess the, the the main story would be as you said Felix O'Reilly seem we were advocating for him to take a wild card to try to take a wild card to Geneva or Lyon apparently he did and uh, clearly he needs it right now Otherwise, yeah. maybe we're gonna get some uh, random 250 winners as we usually get in in these weeks. Uh, I am looking at this draw and I'm really sensing a good run from Arthur Fields. Like that, that tops that top mm. half of this uh, draw is really soft. Um, yeah, yeah. So the, the, mark my words.
0: Bottom <laughs> half should be the bottom half should be at least for what we saw recently should be more. Um, I mean the the most competitive one. Uh, yeah. Because yeah, we have lots of players, have players in the top world who are out of the or... well, mm. Nori is pretty solid usually.
1: Mm. Yeah, he was also doing some uh he won Lyon, right? Last year or maybe two last years year. ago. Last, last year, year, yeah. yeah. Over uh, like the Minor or right? I, I think so. Oh and uh, yeah. he, uh, no sorry, Molchan. he uh, but yeah, midway last um... two years.
0: Uh oh, exactly. Last two years, the, the runner-up in the French Open won uh, the, one of these two 250 two events the week right before, because we, have t- we had CC Pass in 2021, Lyon and oh, yeah. the last year in Geneva. So sometimes can, can help you.
1: Yeah, you can use them. I mean, I remember Dominic team as well uh, playing right. like Lyon one year where everyone was saying, uh, what the hell is he doing? He almost lost to someone. I think it might have been Gilles Simon, but I would have to check that. He almost lost to, lost to someone in the first round, won the event and then made the final at the French. So uh, it's not as uh, 2018, no, sorry, Gilles Simon was in the final. He almost lost to Garcia Lopez, but the final was also competitive against Simon. So he was really struggling in Lyon, but he took that uh, much time, he took that momentum into Paris and made the final. So um, yeah, you can actually uh, use these 250 events, but of course the, the big stars, Djokovic, Federer, yes. Nadal, they've never really used that. Uh, you're not going to see Alcaraz playing these these events, yeah, definitely not. That's but actually. Uh but anyway, um, I guess that's what we're gonna finish on here right i mean we've we've gone on for um over an hour, which is what we usually do here around an hour ish It's not a plan, it's not fixed if we were talking yeah, about yeah. for two hours, and there would still be conversation we We'll too. do it during the French open <laughs> uh very possible, I mean probably. We, 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 has to be back uh, next week, and I think yeah. uh, the the Garros main draw starts on Sunday. So it would probably be yeah. best to do the ATP weekly on Saturday. But of, you know, we're gonna yeah. talk shop about it later. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, just yeah, you are behind in, close
0: the update for sure.
1: Yes, exactly. You're gonna uh, of you. You have to subscribe. You have to hit the notification bell, and then you're gonna know exactly when the ATP weekly is gonna be, when all the other exactly. talking tennis streams. Are happening as you can see on the screen right now uh, we are very close to ending that saga of begging for subscribers so that we can get <laughs> two thousand of them I, I it actually is pretty quick i would say because i remember there yeah, being yeah. like 500 away or something like that so um yeah and john says that saturday would be good i think that's what we have to do uh, i thought i think that's what we have to do with the uh su- with the um yeah. sunday main draw start so anyway, uh, we'll probably talk to you guys on Saturday. If anything changes, you're also going to know about it from the channel. And um, thank you, Mario, as usual, for, for being with me here. Thank you, thank you. And awesome. uh, thank you guys in the comments. Uh, cheers, Sean, and uh, see ya in the in, show, in the next show, or maybe some other talking tennis streams. Um, bye. Yeah.
0: Bye bye. If you enjoyed this video, make sure you hit that like button. Don't forget to subscribe. And click that notification bell so you don't miss out on all things tennis.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network.
0: Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
1: Lucky?